run back and grab my Bible. Um, the first one, and, and I read this the other day, we renewed some wedding vows for Ed and uh, uh, Brittany, and I always loved to read from, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, and the whole chapter is all about love, and it, it ends with, these three will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and then the greatest of these is what? Love. So as his church, what should we represent most? Right? Everything we do should be based on our love for Jesus first, for God first, and then for our fellow men. The two commandments, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm telling you, church, we've been letting people down. Because we've shown the other side, we've showed our humanity way too much, and we've got to operate in love. We can have all these other cool gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they're not going to mean anything if they're not backed up and foundationally standing on love. Am I making sense? Is anybody else grabbing hold of this today? So let's be people that love one another. What's that mean? That means that we won't, we won't uh, bully anybody because they don't look like us or they don't sound like us or whatever. Let's not be those people that talk about our friends, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, or, or somebody in the workplace. And, you know, somebody comes up and starts talking about somebody, and we're going, <laughs> yeah. instead of saying, you know what, you shouldn't talk like that. Treat others like you want to be treated. Love people. Let's be lovers. Let's show the world what it looks like. And stop accepting this stuff that we keep seeing going on. I'm so fed up with the news. This isn't in my notes. I'm so fed up with the news because they're always tearing each other down. We need to show them the right way to live. Come on! So who do you think's behind all this? <laughs> do I really have to say? And this is the second part that I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to give today. Again, Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Everything that we're struggling with today is a result of sin. And the one that brought that sin into the world, of course, was Satan himself. And beginning in verse 10, it says a final word, Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, our battle's not with each other. You may have a tiff with somebody in this room, but the battle is with the enemy of darkness. He's, he's just using that person to get to you. You get to choose how that person's going to be able to manipulate you or not. And if you're walking in the light, you're not going to suck into the devil's uh, schemes. You're not going to let him tear you down. You're going to trust God's word and have him build you up. And this is where I was going today. I felt like we, we were supposed to physically or verbally stand up, if you would, one more time. I told you to sit. Stand up. We are going to put on God's armor. All right? Are you with me? Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. 
then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. And that's my prayer for everybody in this room. That after your battle, how many know you're going to be in a battle? If you're not in one right now, it's coming. If you represent Jesus, you got a target on your back. If you're a believer, the enemy of hatred, or the God of hatred, hates you because you represent the God of love. So he's going to try to undermine you, and you can't let that happen. So resist him by putting on, first of all, the belt of truth. Everybody fasten on that belt of truth. All right? And then, I'm going scripturally, the body armor of righteousness. You put on that, righteous, that breastplate of righteousness. Then we put on our gospel shoes. You got them on, huh? Everybody do a little dance, huh? That's the gospel of peace. And we heard that this morning. Peace comes through God's word. Jesus came. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And what's the sword of the Spirit? But the word of God. So when we go out, we actually take God's word with us and we preach the good news to people. That's what's going to bring them peace. And the next, of course, in addition to all these, is to hold up your shield of faith. So go ahead and hold up that shield of faith. All right? Which does what? Which quenches or stops the fiery arrows of the devil. That means he's shooting at you. How many can say amen? Been there, done that. And then finally, put on the helmet of salvation. Whoop. That is, you're born again. And last but not least, speak the word of God, the sword of the Spirit. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? We are the righteousness in Christ. You are. No weapon formed against us. I said this, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Come on, we got to walk in victory today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, before you sit down, look at your neighbor and say, you look really good in all that armor. Pastor Tony, I wanted to release you, but just to say it's Volunteer Sunday, and I just want to thank all of your team for blessing us and, and doing what you do down there in the junior high going on right now in the in the lower level god bless you guys and thank you for all that you do for the kingdom can i have one of the ushers uh get me some water i'm sorry but i should have grabbed it and i didn't today goodbye goodbye kids goodbye goodbye i don't know what that is that's another language goodbye Today I'm talking about serving the master. <laughs> Not a very encouraging title, is it? Serving. Who likes to serve? Karen's right there. That's why you do what you do. She runs uh, different hotels, like, what, three of them now? And, and she's working with all these people, making sure their needs are met. She loves serving. You know, some of you are incredible servers and some of you still kind of need to learn what that means but we'll get there today a little bit with this message of course who are we serving <laughs> the master jesus christ the messiah the son of god he is our lord and he is our savior and he has earned our service
Now, I felt like this message was fitting only because we're celebrating those who are serving in the church. We like to call it Volunteer Appreciation Sunday. But I, and again, I just want to thank all of you. So if, if you're here today and you serve in any capacity in this church, I don't care, even if it's just bringing a, a little cup of water. I think I've heard that somewhere in Scripture. But um, Would you stand up today if you serve in the church, any capacity at all, please? Stand up. Hallelujah. That's a pretty good representation, and I think there were some more that should have been standing, but apparently we're too weak to stand up, Sarah. Thank you. Wow. Oh, that's better. Um. I've been struggling a little bit this week with sinus stuff, and uh, you may pick that up a little bit with my voice. Just thank you again for serving. Uh, after today's service, this is where I was going with this, we are going to celebrate at Lost Valley Bible Camp and Retreat Center, which, if you don't know where that is, is about eight miles west on M32, uh, going to the second set of curves, and before you come out of the second set, you'll see the big sign drop down into that road right there into the valley and that's Lost Valley Bible Camp Retreat Center. We would love for you to join us today whether you're a volunteer already or maybe by the end of this message you'll want to be. We hope. You know many hands make light work and we're all about serving in this church. That should be our goal is to find our place in the body figure out what the Lord wants us to do and I really appreciate all of you who are serving. So please join us this afternoon. Uh, we're going to have lunch. But something really special, we're going to have water baptism today out there at the, at the little lake there at the camp. And can, can I tell him, Ben? Can I tell on you? Brother Ben's going to get water baptized out there today. And I think I heard a couple of the Neelys are going to be out there. Yeah? Are you ready? And I, I thought there was some other, somebody else, but if you're here and you've never been water baptized, you, you're born again, you've given your heart to Jesus, and you just want to take that next step, that public confession, join us out there. We'd love to be able to dip you today. All right? Just bring a towel, uh, a change of clothes, and join us for lunch. And then we're going to have go-karts, high ropes. There, there's swimming, of course. There are boats there. Bring your fishing poles. There's a lot of bass in that lake. Um, they don't let you take them home most of the time. But anyway, it's fun to catch them. And uh, we're going to have a blast just fellowshipping with each other. So come on out and join us. That'll be right after we conclude today's service. Oh, by the way, the swimming and boating is with parental supervision, so make sure you don't just put your kid in a boat and then leave them. You, know, you, get a, you, you have to watch your own. All right. Hallelujah. Yeah, I was going to finish up with this one. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, as Paul said, this is his closing in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Whatever you do for Jesus, 
whether it's a cup of cold water or something as, as, as small as greeting somebody when they walk into a new church they've never been in before, it makes a difference. And listen, it just shows that you love people by being willing to put yourself out there. I mean, we can all come up with other things to do. Well, I just want to come in church and just relax and just... <laughs> well, that's fine for a little while. Get to know the church, but eventually, step up. Let God use you in some ministry. I'll get into that a little bit more in just a minute. Well, we've already prayed. I don't think I need to go into that again, other than just to say... Why don't you say this with me? You don't have to stand up. Father, give me ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit wants me to see today. Help me understand you, what you want from me, what you want in my life. And today, I give you freedom to mess with me. Shake me up a little if you need to. But set me on a firm path where I'll be solid with Jesus. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Well, the following was found in a coach of Paul. How many know Paul or Bear Bryant? Alabama State University. This was found in his wallet after he died in 1982. And if you've heard this, don't spill the beans, all right? It's called the Magic Bank Account. Imagine if you won the following prize. Are you ready? Each morning, your personal bank account will have $86,400 put into it. Are you with me? Is that a little... How many would say amen? Preach it. There are rules, though. First, everything must be spent within that 24-hour period. Nothing can be left over. If it is, number two, it will be removed, but the good news, but you'll be given another $86,400 the following morning. So in other words, whatever you spend today, if you don't use it all up, That'll disappear, but by morning it will be renewed and you'll have another $86,400. Can you imagine that? What would you do? Oh, and by the way, the bank can call the note at any time. They can end the contest at any time. You don't know when that's going to be. Get me? You with me? So, who here would enjoy getting this kind of money anybody else just a couple of you eighty six thousand four hundred dollars how would you spend it would you buy anything and everything for that person next to you for your grandkids for your friends at work would you come in every day with cops and donuts and you know cappuccinos from big b's and all that stuff i mean can you man i'd be buying people corvettes Mike, man, I'd get you one. Or that nice bass boat that you've been wanting. I'm telling you, I would bless you. Oh, it'd, it'd be so... Hey, Mike, tomorrow's your day. What do you want? <laughs> I can't spend it all, so I'm going to spend it on you, brother. Pretty exciting, isn't it, to just think about it. Think of the good that you could do, the love, the caring. You know, we just had a hurricane blow through the East Coast. People are hurting. 
Let me say this. The uh, Convoy of Hope, which we, we actually support on a monthly basis, but the Convoy of Hope was one of the first volunteer organizations that were there handing out food and water and, and blankets and all that other stuff. They were there even before it hit. So I just want you to know you can be proud of the Assemblies of God Convoy of Hope because they do a wonderful job. Uh, just a little plug there for them. But we would be able to do so much good if we had this kind of income coming in every day, replenished every morning. But actually, and maybe you've already caught on to this, actually, this game is real. Each of us has already won this prize, but many of us don't realize it. You see, that the prize is time. Every day, you're given 86,400 seconds in your life. Every single day. And we all get the same number. Nobody gets any more or any less. And then it's up to us how we spend those seconds. You know, it can be on primping, making sure we look good for the world. And some of you, that's necessary. All right? Just saying. You know who you are. Or some of you, you know, you, you may just feel like, oh, man, I'm just going to go bless my grandkids today. I'm going to go take them and buy them a Happy Meal or whatever you buy them. You know, how we use those seconds in each day really determines who we are. We, we can spend them all on ourselves or we can spend them on some other folks. Look around this room. You think there aren't needy people here? They need you. That's how neat. I need you for crying out loud. I need you, Mary. I wasn't talking about that. I'm just glad you're here. You're a part of this church. I love you guys, and, and I'm just excited that you're here. But every day, we get to make the decision of how we're going to spend all of those 86,400 seconds. So what are you doing with this amount of time? What are you doing with this prize? What good will you do? Who will you influence? Who will you love or care for? Those seconds are so much more valuable than an equal number of dollars. And you may go, I don't think so. But they are. Money can't buy happiness. Money can't love people. Only you can do that. Do you agree with me? If you do, say amen. Only you can give God the glory. Money can't give God the glory. I want to shift to Matthew 25. If you're familiar with Scripture, you probably know where I'm going with this. But I wanted to start by saying that we're saved by grace. Right? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. God saved you by His grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for it. It's a what? It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so no one can boast about it. Are you still with me? That last verse, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can, so we can do the good things He planned for us so long ago. Now, so many people read the first two verses... And they ignore verse 10. See, we are saved by grace. You can't earn it. 
God wanted you to live with him forever, and there was only one way to do that, and that was for Jesus to come, become man, and to die on that cross in our place. He took our place. He became our redemption. Redeemed us from the curse of the law. No longer are we held by by the judgment that was necessary for our sins because Jesus paid the price when he shed his blood. And when we apply the blood of Christ to our lives by saying, Lord, forgive me of my many sins and wash me clean, we're actually saying, Lord, wash me with your blood and make me a new person. By doing that, you are now born again. And the Bible says, your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. No longer are you to walk in shame for the things that you've done in the past. And listen, there are consequences to sinning, right? Right? But when you become born again and you ask God for forgiveness, He's forgiven you. It's under the blood. And the devil will come back. He'll try to convince you, no, 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 you're still a sinner. (laughs) And you just say, get behind me, Satan. Again, I said this already, but get Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And if God died for me, if he shed his blood for me, that's enough. I'm a new person in Jesus. I don't have to walk in shame anymore. But on the other side of that, you need to walk, as this says, you need to walk in as a, a masterpiece for him. You're his masterpiece, meaning that he created you for a purpose and he has something good for you to do. Every person in this room, if you're still breathing, check your, check your, put your hand up. You know how you do that? If you feel breath on your hand, you're still breathing. That means what? God is not done with you yet. You might be near entering or crossing the threshold of heaven. And some of us are a little closer than others. You're still here. And that means you have a purpose. Now, there's so many things we can do as believers to advance the kingdom. And, and of course, anyone that says they can't pray, come on. You know, nothing happens without prayer. The foundation of the church was laid in prayer. Before Jesus went to the cross, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he sweat blood, for crying out loud, in prayer. Lord, if this cup could pass, let it pass. But if not, your will be done, not mine. Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. Before anything's accomplished in this world, we must bathe it in prayer. So I don't care who you are in this room. Well, I don't have time to come into church and volunteer. Then pray. Pray for us. Pray for the leaders of the church. Pray for our president, vice president the Senate, the people that are making the rules that govern us, pray for them. Everybody can do that. Amen? We were made to do good things. Would you say that with me? We were made to do good things. Now make it personal. I was made to do good things. Look at your neighbor and say, you were made to do good things. You know, God has given us everything freely. And it's in this giving away 
that reveals really who our master is. He didn't owe us, and yet he gave us everything, starting with salvation, eternal life. You could say, who we serve determines who our master is. So if we're givers, obviously we serve the Lord. If if we're takers only, who are we serving? Whenever I read this passage, it shakes me up. I want to, and again, Brian started started it, and ironically, I'm I'm quoting twice out of the Message Bible today. I'm not going to put this up behind me other than just to say this is where I'm reading from. Just listen to this, will you? And would you just ask the Lord, Lord, if this is me, let me let me understand what it is you're saying. Whether it's good or bad, help me to understand what you're saying to me today, Holy Spirit. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. So Jesus is talking here. He's training the people. He's talking about... Uh, the fact that he's going to leave for a short time, or excuse me, well, actually a long time, because he says that, an extended trip, and then he's going to come back, and he's going to expect people to give an account for what they've done. So listen to this. He called his servants together after going on this extended trip. The servants who he had delegated his authority to. Who has the authority of Christ today? We do. All right? Listen to this. To one he gave $5,000, to another 2,000, to a third one, 1,000, depending on their ability. Now, again, not everybody gets the same amount of talents, or in this case, the money. 5,000, 2,000, and 1,000. But we're all to be held accountable. Regardless of what you've been given, you may not get exactly what your neighbor gets. They may have a little bit more, a little bit less. It doesn't matter. You know what this says to me? This is why we shouldn't judge each other. Because we've all been given different gifts, different talents, different abilities. And if you look at somebody and say, why aren't you doing this like I'm doing it? Because they're not made like you. Let them figure out what it is that God wants them to do. Don't you be challenging them and saying, you got to do it like me. got a cheerleader there in the front row what's your name LaRue what a beautiful name LaRue well you just keep encouraging me and we'll go till about one o'clock and Pastor Tony won't be happy Jesus left after giving them these abilities right off the first seven servant went and he worked and he doubled his master's investment The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. I don't know why carefully. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and he settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. How many know that when you're somebody's partner... You're part of the team, aren't you? When you serve the Lord in any capacity, you partner with Him. 
and you're saying to him, Lord, you have given, I'm your workmanship. I'm your masterpiece. Do with me as you will. When you allow him to use you, it might be going up to somebody in, in Walmart. You see their struggle. Maybe it's a single mom. You see her with two kids, and she's trying to pay for her groceries, and you're like, come on. And you can hear her struggling. Oh, I might have to put this back. What a challenge for us if we have it just to go, you know what, young lady, take, take it. I got this. And pay for it. You know, God loves you. And I just want you to know that today. I mean, just to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what He's challenging us to do. That's how we apply this to our lives. Amen? The servant with the 2,000 showed he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work. You did your job. From now on, be my partner. Verse 24, the servant given 1,000 said, Master, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I couldn't do this last week because I didn't have this sinus thing going, but <laughs> I was afraid and I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and I secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, just down to the last cent. You know what happened next? The message says he was furious with this servant. Jesus was furious with this servant. And he said, that's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. Pretty strong language, isn't it? It's criminal when you don't use the gifts that God has given you. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. The hard part. I don't even like reading this. Take the thousand. Give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him into outer darkness. Was, which I believe is representative of hell. The three servants that Jesus illustrated here in Matthew 25 were all given 84,600 seconds each day. And it was up to them to decide how they were going to serve their master. But it needs to be noted, as I've already said, that each one had different abilities. You aren't going to be responsible for the abilities your neighbor has. You're only going to be responsible for the abilities you have. But there isn't a person in this room that wasn't given something to do. If God created you, you have a purpose. And it's up to you to figure out what that is. Now, there's another passage in Scripture, and I'm going to jump here, that Jesus actually talked a little bit more about this in Luke 12. Uh, 47 and 48, again from the message. I put this one up behind me. The servant who knows what his master wants and ignores it, or insolently does whatever he pleases, will be thoroughly thrashed. You know what that means, right? He's going to get a whooping. Yeah, that's the word I wrote down to. When you don't use what God has given you, you're going to get a whooping someday. Who wants to get a whooping? Not me. What do I want to hear? I want to hear, well done. You did good. Now become my partner. 
And you know, we're going to serve with Jesus. We're going to be His leaders on this planet in the next realm. When God brings a new earth on, on this planet, when He recreates everything, He's going to show us how it should have been. And you and I are going to be the leaders, the governors, the mayors, the director of the lakes and the fishes. That's my job. I'm claiming it. You know what? I take any position he gives me because he knows best. But he goes on and he says, but if he does a poor job through ignorance, he'll just get off with a slap on the hand. You know, that's, we do that with our kids sometimes. They don't know what they're doing. You're trying to train them. You don't want them to go toward the fireplace. What do you do? Well, you do. You get a little smack on the wrist, don't you? So you don't do it again. Because your parents love you. That's why they do it. It's not because they hate your guts. Right? Great gifts mean great responsibilities. Read that last part with me. Great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. So what does that say? If God's given you talent, you better use it. And He has given everybody something. But if He's given you a lot of talents... You better use them to His glory. Don't waste them. Don't waste a second. Look for ways to increase the kingdom. To lead people to Jesus. To be loved with skin on. That's our job. That's our duty. As we serve the Master. Again, to whom much is given, much is expected. My paraphrase would be this. The more talent you have, the more you're expected to do with it. Pretty simple, right? Everybody got it? Hallelujah. And don't cut yourself short. This is something else we do. Well, I don't think my talent amounts to anything. You know, I, I, I've seen that Pastor Roger, he gets up there and he sings like a meadowlark. I can't do that. You can praise Him, though. He doesn't care if your voice sounds like mine does right now. Raspy. He doesn't care. He just wants you to bring a joyful noise. To worship Him, to honor Him with your life. Hallelujah. Honor Him. Make Him the Master. Use those 84,600 seconds as a sacrifice of praise. In the church, you'll see them doing all kinds of things, whether it's children's ministry, youth ministry, which are going on on the other end of the building right now, in the nursery, in the preschool. God, God loves those little ones. Our ushers, our greeters. We, this church would not function without these people. The folks that come and they, they clean up the yard and trim the flowers when the deer don't eat them. All new flowers, all new Did you see that? All new mums that you put in out there by the garage, three days after they put them in, they left the white ones alone for about two weeks. That was the middle pile. All the rest, the, the yellow and the red and blue or something, I don't remember what they were, but they, they ate those first, and then the last week I went out and then the white ones were gone. Thank you, though, for trying. <laughs> 
the deer appreciate it. We appreciate every person in this church, counseling ministry, prayer ministries, preaching, teaching, of course, worship, that all sound lights. You don't know everything that goes on to make sure that when you come in here, you have a solid morning just to spend time with the Lord. We don't want you having to worry about anything. We just want you to come in and worship. But if God puts something on your heart, just like He has us, then step out. Be faithful with what you have. Figure out where you're supposed to be in the church, in the body. Maybe it's not an internal church thing. Maybe it's an external church thing. Bill and Jen aren't here today. They're on vacation, but you know, Jen took over at the pregnancy center. That's a huge work. And it takes a lot of time. I don't expect her to spend a lot of time in here because she's doing it out there. She's saving babies' lives. Maybe some of you are here as a result of a pregnancy center. So I'm not just saying, and, and, and where's uh, Brother Bob? You know, you, you do the food pantry. You do our announcements too, but... You do the food pantry, and you're helping to run that thing here in Otsego County, and that's not something we see here, but the people that are hungry see it. So I'm not just saying church is here. I'm saying the church is everywhere. It should be. Hallelujah. We need to find our place. We need to use those 86,400 seconds to God be the glory. What do all these people have in common? They're all servants of the Most High God. And we celebrate you today. We do. We celebrate you. Hallelujah. I want to jump to Psalm 100 really quick. As I was putting this together, I I fastened on this, and this is one of the shorter psalms in the Bible, five verses. Reading from the NLT, it begins with, Shout with joy to the Lord. Can you all say that? Do you know how to do that? Yeah. Hallelujah! (laughs) Hallelujah! The guy on the other end of this is going to be screaming now because I just yelled into my microphone. But Shout with a joy. Shout with joy to the Lord. All the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You should be doing this. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. We are His people the sheep of his pasture. And then this this short little ditty. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to teach each generation. Every generation needs to hear this. Every single one of us. And here's where I wanted to go with this. And I selected this passage because of verse 2. Can you see it? That word worship, in the, in the original, it actually is abad. And I believe it's actually pronounced abad. Can you say that? Abad. But don't say it like that, like it's bad, but say abad. Right? And it means, it means literally to serve. Or Another definition for it is to become a bond servant. And I want to talk about that really quick. What's a bond servant? All right. 
A common practice in Bible times is if somebody in your family owed money and you couldn't pay it, your family would be required to pay it. They would literally, they would put that person into what is called an, an indentured servant type situation. All right, you with me? Here's an example real quick. Oops, I thought I had that up there. I didn't. Let me back up. 2 Kings 4.1, if you want to go there later, you can. Let me read it. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. That's what it means to be indentured. That's what it means to have to pay somebody else's bill. Well, guess what? You and I owed the Lord a debt. That's where this one comes in. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. Now, we should have been required to pay that debt until it was paid off. But how many know you can't pay off a sin debt? You would be indebted forever and ever and ever. And that brings me to this next point. And by the way, you, you know in this story that Elijah actually did a miracle here and the woman had all kinds of oil that she saved up. She paid off her debt and her two sons didn't have to go into bondage, which is what Jesus did for us. And I want you to understand the idea behind this indentured servant. And then I want you to think about this next part, a bond servant. Our sins were steeped to the heavens. God would have been justified if he'd said, you owe me. And from now on, I'm going to have you carrying all of heaven's gold for me. Every day. He would have been justified. Because we owed him. But he didn't do that. Instead... Everybody say that with me. Instead, instead, our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ His Son, not only canceled our debts, but paid them Himself, setting us free. That's what Jesus inferred in John 8, 47 to 37, and, or just 36, I'm sorry. And I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin, right? A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but... A son is part of the family forever. So, if the son sets you free, you are... Bear with me, I'm almost to the end. This is the cool part. If the son sets you free, you are truly free. And not just that, but if the son sets you free, you become one of the sons. You become one of the daughters. You're family now in God's kingdom. You're not a servant your family. How, that's what Jesus has been saying to us here. All right? Are you still with me? Now, I spoke earlier about the psalmist using this word, ah, bad, which, again, means to serve or to become a bondservant. I want to put this last definition in here. Say it with me. Become a bondservant for the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. What in the world does that mean? Whenever an indentured servant had paid off his or her debt, instead of going free, if he loved his master, he could declare this. I love my master, my wife, and my children. I don't want to go free. And if he does this, his master must present him before God. In this translation, it says God. Many of them say judges. Then his master must take him to the door or the doorpost and publicly pierce his ear with an awl. Now that doesn't sound like fun, but 
It's just a sign of ownership. And after that, the slave will serve his master for his life. That's what a bondservant does. So basically, that bondservant is saying, look, I've been your servant all my life. I paid off this debt, but you know what? I don't want to go free. I love you. I love working for you. Me and my family, we want to live with you forever. And I believe that this is the heart God wants from us. When we recognize whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You're set free, and now it's your choice what you're going to do with the rest of your life. What are you going to do with those 86,400 seconds a day? Are you going to continue spending them on yourself, or are you going to spend them in service to your master? I hope you can see this connection I'm trying to make. We owed our master a debt we could not pay. He paid the debt out of his own goodness and set us free. What a beautiful thing it is if we turn this around and after being set free, we choose to serve him all the days that we have left instead of going about doing our own thing like we always have. If we say to him, Lord, I don't want to be set free from you, I love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and body. And to quote Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Would you stand with me? That's what it means to be a bond servant. And I believe that we should strive for this, not out of compulsion, not because some preacher just told you you should do it. Because you recognize what Jesus did for you on that cross. He paid for your sins. He's given you a, a life and life abundance. All right? You could never get what He's given you on your own. Ever. But when you realize how much He loves you, for God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, that those who believe in Him will not perish, but will be given everlasting life. When you realize what God did for you because He loves you, the only natural interchange that's even acceptable would be for you to just start praising him and thanking him and saying god thank you i'm your workmanship you made me who i am thank you for saving me and now lord i just want to use my life to love you and how do we do that we do that by loving others by loving the church by loving sinners I love in this lost and dying world. That's what Jesus did. He looked over Jerusalem and he wept because he saw them living in their sins. And he knew he was about to provide a way for them to be saved, but they weren't getting it. Hallelujah. I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave isn't a member permanent member if you're still enslaved to your sins I want to pray for you today in just a minute I'm going to give you an opportunity to say Jesus forgive me make me a new person if I believe there's at least one in here if not several that, that are going to already you're feeling the Holy Spirit 
You know, you gave him permission to mess you up. Pretty sneaky, aren't I? When we started, you gave him permission. I pray he wrecks you if this is you. Because sometimes he needs to break us before he can put us back together. I know I was there many years ago. He had to break me first, break my will. So I knew I had to serve him. The only way I could live and live in abundance. Do you love your master? Then don't be a slave to sin. Become a part of his family. Begin serving him with all that he's given you. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You're no longer a slave. You're his child, the child of our Heavenly Father. And what I want you to see today is we choose to continue serving the Lord after we're born again. And it's out of our love and appreciation for what he's done. Not, not out of compulsion, not because we have to, but because we want to. Because we recognize what he's done for us. Thank you, Jesus. This is that scripture, Joshua 24, 14-15. But as for me and my house, or family, we will serve the Lord. My question today is, who are you serving? Are you serving the King of kings and Lord of lords? Or are you serving yourself, the master of this earth? Would you bow your heads? If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and body. And I'm doing everything in my life to use the gifts and talents He's given me to serve Him and to bring Him glory. If that's you, would you lift your hand up? Yep, hands going up. Wow, that's pretty, pretty weak, folks. Really? Anybody else want to get your hand up before I say put them down? <laughs> All right, thank you. See a few more. I, I'm just going to tell you, there are over half of you that didn't raise your hand right there, and I'm not sure why, so... I was expecting more. Maybe you're just feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. All right, if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Norm, I need to change who I'm serving. I recognize what Jesus did for me. and From this day forward, I'm, I'm purposing in my heart today, Lord, that I'm going to serve you. I'm going to make you master of my life. If that's you, would you lift your hands up? Hallelujah. Thanks. Hands going up all over. One last thing, I just want to make sure, if there's somebody here, you have never confessed your sins to Jesus, but you know you need to today. You get, need to get right with Him. He's the only way of salvation. There is no other God. Who can cleanse you of your sins? He's it. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need your prayers. I don't want to leave here today without getting right with him. Would you lift your hand up real quick? Everybody's head's bowed, eyes closed. Yeah, thank you. You can put it down. Anybody else? Let's pray as a family. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Salvation eternal life the promise of a future that I'm called your child under the blood righteous in you
Today, I confess Jesus is Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Make me that new person. A new creation. The old man is dead. The new has come. That's me today. And I want to start walking in that. Today, I choose to call Jesus Christ my master. And as a bondservant, whom the Son has set free, I choose to follow you and not to be set free from you, but to be drawn to you even closer. From this day forward, help me to use my life as a sacrifice of praise, using every second, all 86,400 of them, to bring you glory and praise and honor. That's my prayer today. I give you my life, all that I am, all that I have. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God loves the daylights out of you guys. <laughs> now go out of here today and use them. Use them. Look for opportunities. I'm, I'm feeling an unction that I'm going to begin a, a series soon on uh, what it means to be the church. And I've been reading this guy's book and it's really, it's doing an awesome thing. Now, next Sunday, I don't always say this because some of you feel like it's a good time not to come. Next Sunday, one of my best friends from Lansing is coming up to speak, and we had set this up a while ago, but he's a missionary newly appointed to uh, Indonesia. And I'm telling you, they're going to rock it out next Sunday. And Hopefully Pastor Roger will be up here feeling healthy. We'll have a great worship. But I just want you to know next Sunday, these missionaries... God bless them, because they, they go places where you and I don't want to. There are places in this planet that I don't even want to step foot on. They feed you things you don't want to eat. But out of graciousness, you have to. That's what they teach you in mission school. They put something in front of you. They put a little chunky bird's head in front of you with the beak. They call them squishers. I'm telling you what, man. That would end it. Lunch would be over for this guy. But these missionaries graciously go to these places because they're called by God. And there are people out there that are dying and need to hear Jesus' story. And they're taking it. So that's next Sunday. Don't miss it. But following that, I'm expecting... I just feel the Holy Spirit here today. I can't tell you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for concluding this service, Lord. Thank you for loving us. As you do. Help us. If we don't know you, Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you well, help them to get to know you. Show up in their life in a big way. From the smallest child to the oldest adult, Lord. God, may we know who you are.
and what we mean to you today. Don't let anybody leave here discouraged. Encourage them, we pray in Jesus' name. And again, we pray a special covering over everyone as they go home, as they go to camp, as we have lunch this afternoon, Lord. Bless our time together and fellowship. And again, I, I make this, I'm done praying. Again, I invite everybody here to come on out to the camp, even if you're not already involved. This will be your faith statement, all right? Next Sunday, you can start getting involved. But this Sunday, come on out, enjoy the fellowship, the food. We're going to have a blast. We'd love to see you there and honor the folks that are getting water baptized. Love you. Have a great week in Jesus.